Well, Jay, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little cooped up here. It's time. Uh, it's time for a move. I think get some uh, some space, some bigger yard, that kind of thing. What do you think? You are really gonna move, but like that's like that's a big deal. Like you can't do it that. It is a big deal. You're, you're scared to even leave your living room. <laughs> it's a. It seem what seems like a big deal moving isn't when you use the right people. You can use these sell your own home situations where you're you're bartering with a guy in your driveway for 45 minutes and you end up selling for $3 or you can use a professional that makes moving actually simple. Who are we going to use? But the problem is obviously Tom, but my worry is like you're so far, you're in Orleans. Tom will come to Orleans, he'll go to Russell, he'll go to Clarence Creek, he'll go to west of the Westie Village, wherever it is out there. <laughs> he'll go anywhere for you and make that experience that you were talking about of nervous or a lot of work, make it seem like nothing. Bastion and Ferguson will literally smooth out the easiest move of your life. Wow, even in Orleans, I just can't get over that. Yeah, once you hit 10th line, 11th line, 14th line, he's still coming. He's driving in his brand new Dodge Caravan, carries his family around in, will sell your home. That's what I'm looking for, an easy ride with Bastion and Ferguson. Look them up, he's gonna sell you quick and easy. Jason Whiting, <laughs> do you swerve your car if a squirrel runs in front of your car? I cannot believe it. It's like you were watching me. It happened so many times this week. I don't know if there's more squirrels because of COVID, but 100 million percent. And I will give a story. Steve and I were driving to Algonquin to coach, and I killed one, and I was gutted. I was absolutely <laughs> gutted. I, and then it crawled just over the curb, and Steve and I looked at each other, and we stopped, and I'm like, yeah, 100%. Anybody who doesn't is an idiot. It may have been Mike Galliano. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Steve O'Kane. The squirrel, Steve? Is yeah. Mike yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Steve, Steve yeah. Yeah. what is Ottawa soccer legend Eddie Edwards' best position on the field? Oh, that's, wow. that's a question I have for him. Wow. wow. You, you got to say, I think he ended up where he should have been, like an attacking right back. But I would have loved to have seen him as a six. Wow. Really? Yeah, really? I would have. Yeah, I just like covering ground, killing passing lanes, and he's intelligent on the ball, man. I know. Okay. I, would, I, I would have liked just to, if I can add on to it as a as a seven or 11. I just want to see you like, like Rashford, like cutting in. And I, I you have that pace and you're powerful, like – I, I think don't have I'm, the engine for it. 
What's I that? Could, I could, I, I don't have the engine for that. I could do it uh, fast, and then I'd be done. Yeah. Even yeah. In, when you're in the beginning of your, your career. What's that? Even in the beginning of your career, you wouldn't. Yeah, maybe towards the beginning, but definitely towards the end, there's no chance. No chance. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, that voice you hear is Ottawa soccer legend Eddie Edward. You're not off the hook for this question either, Eddie. Who out of Steve or Jay will have hip replacement surgery first? A <laughs> <laughs> good question. Steve, you're my boy. I'm sorry, oh. but I'm going with Steve on this. <laughs> wow. All right. Yes. All right. Love it. Wow. Okay. I'm so, so happy right now. Uh, all right. So Eddie Edward is our guest on the show. Okay, Ottawa soccer legend. Most famous, though, for being the brother of Cap City Beach radio star Sean Edwards' brother. <laughs> okay, but we're going to have him on. Okay, he's, for me, after looking at this poll, should have won the best player to come out of Ottawa. Can we can we be consensus on No disrespect to here, but come on. Wow. Eddie, Eddie's the best player to come but out of Eddie, Ottawa. Eddie, no, Eddie's in the realm of Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies, like, because he made it. He made it pro- yeah nobody, yeah, nobody on that list was a pro for 10 years. Nobody. No. He should have been. Anyway, that's True. a whole new show. True. That's, uh, so another show. We yeah. forgot Lloyd Barker, too. But yeah. he's not from Ottawa. Yes, he is. He is? Yeah. All right. So the topic today. Hold okay, on, Mark. No, 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 no. I'm stop. I'm doing this again. And I'm mad at Eddie now for the start because I'm going to get hip replacement. <laughs> and he deserves <laughs> He deserves this. Eddie's like Mr. Nice Guy. He does all these things for people, helping with different charities. This guy cyber bullied me like eight years ago. Jay, you remember, we were in a gym playing futsal with the Croatian team. I wore a pair of dad boots into the gym. Yeah, I remember that. The next day, I go on social media, and there's a picture of me in my boots with, come on, son, get better boots. Like, that's cyberbullying, man. That's I, I remember that. Did you deserve that it, yes or no? Did you deserve it? They were huge. No, I didn't. I had to go. I went back to Ron Pulaski at LRO staffing again. I was like, do you have LRO psychiatry or something? Because I got to talk about this. <laughs> those were huge boots, though, Steven. I remember Eddie going, yo, guy, what are those? <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> My son was there. He was like six. He's And, and ever since then, he's never listened to me. <laughs> good. So good. <laughs> So good. I did deserve it. Des is That's fantastic. Sorry, Mark. No, that's good. That that to me just broke the internet. That's we're gonna redo that. Post that on Soccer Snobs uh, on uh, all our social media. Can't good. get fired. Yeah. <laughs> so the topic today, pretty simple, is the North American pathway to for the to a professional environment. Kind of going through this through the career of Eddie. Okay, so now pretend we're all amazing at soccer and we'll let's live through Eddie's life here. Starting with Fury Youth, moved on to Graceland, PDL with the, I think the Brass, Des Moines, uh, U19, KC, uh, signed by Dallas in the MLS, debuted in the MLS against uh, Kansas City, left Dallas, went to Puerto Rico, ended up in Edmonton, Fury, and then retired. So that's his pathway. We're going to start. Growing up in Ottawa, playing for Stephen O'Kane, and your next step was Graceland. So my question is, you were one of the best to come out of Ottawa. Why no D1? Was there a, a reason why you chose Graceland? 
Yeah, there were a couple reasons. One, and I'm going to be completely honest, my grades were just awful. So, <laughs> like, for D1, you have to get through Clearinghouse, and um, the original plan was go to Graceland, get my grades up, and then try and go over to a D1 school, like uh, Drake, where Julian Edwards went. Right. So that was, uh, that was the original plan, because his school was maybe 40, 45 minutes away from mine. Um, ended up meeting a really good coach at Graceland and Ivan Joseph, great mentor. And I ended up staying there and it was probably one of the better decisions that I've ever made. You won nationals. Yeah. Exactly. And back then the NAIA was arguably as good as D1. There was like former pros everywhere in NAIA. It was crazy. Like it was some, some of the games were like men against boys. Like you had these professionals from Africa that were just unbelievable, but it was a really, really cool experience. What uh, what was the best player you had on your team I, that you may have played with in your four years? I got one that I actually liked a lot that uh, I followed when you were there, but I want to hear yours. One of the best? Yeah, or you can the... give two to cop out. <laughs> no, I can do one. <laughs> you didn't even give me a chance. No, I, it was weird. <laughs> um, our captain, Ruben uh, Rielis, I think yeah. that's his last name. He was just an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. Hold on, is that the Mexican guy? Yeah. He came to Fury? Yes. Yeah. Wow, you rated him that high? He was, with us, he was unbelievable. He had a really nasty uh, like leg break, and I don't know yeah. if he went to Fury post that he break. Have, he must have, because I don't think he even, I, I don't even remember him playing. He was really? good, but I think you're probably right, Ed. He, he had definitely slowed from, like, what I had watched when he was with you. Like, he was yeah. different. I, the guy I was going to pick was Kevin Suter. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I completely wow. forgot about him. Eve, that's why he's the manager. That's why he's yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Suter was unbelievable. He played for uh, – he grew up in uh, the Aberdeen uh, yeah. Youth Academy. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Another ex-pro like you're talking about played played in the Premier League, like yeah. Scottish Premier League. Like I know it's a Scottish Premier League, but like wow. Yeah, his technique was different well, class. Yeah. 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 And what position was he? Center mid. Yeah. <laughs> he just connected everything. everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that guy was good, man. Yeah. And then you oh. center back there. Like you went from striker with Steve to center back. No. Well, it was uh, it was a progression. So I started off as striker. And then I moved to center mid, and then I moved to right back, and then center back. Wow. I got a question with positions, actually. Mark, I'll let you jump back in. Sorry not to take the hosting role. No, no. One thing that I – like, we talked about it, I believe, one of the last few shows, but an example I always bring up is someone like Ashley Cole, who grew up, like, as a striker and is in the youth ranks with Arsenal and stuff. Like, maybe it's a dumb question, but maybe you can confirm it for me. Like, do you think that – when you jump levels, a lot of times players have to almost move back through the pitch. Or, you know, if you were that star striker had technique, you may not be good enough to be that star striker when you're at NESL or MLS. And, and then you move to a right back and your technique is a massive bonus. You know, like, uh, uh, would that be something common that you'd seen or that you think happens? Yeah, I think it's definitely really common. Um, for me, I just think it was... You know, obviously, as high as like the higher you go, the talent pool is much bigger, and my talent just wasn't at the level of some of the other guys, and especially in those attacking positions, right? Like mm -hmm. those are all the like the difference makers. Yeah. Um, but like one thing that I had was like 
I knew the game all right and my work ethic, right? So that's why I think I kind of moved back to more of the like defensive positions, like you're talking about like in a six or yeah. you know, as a center back or, or, uh, or right back. So yeah. that's kind of what it was like to me. Yeah, I'm going to build on that question just a little bit. Um, do you think because you were so good – and we always base this in PDL and recruiting and stuff. I remember we like, well, he can play left back, right back. Like that's a more valuable person player for us. But do you think you got like, for lack of a better uh, comparison, like the Phil Neville syndrome, do you think your versatility hurt you at some point? Because, you know, oh, well, Eddie can play here and then here and here and then here, but you never got like established as like, he's our whatever. Do you think that hurt you ever? Yeah, definitely in my earlier days. Um, which, like, I didn't realize that it was hurting me at the time, right? I, I just thought, like, oh, I'm helping out the team. Uh, this is a good experience. I'm going to play wherever the coach needs me to play. Um, but then as I kind of, you know, went through the levels and um, as you see people who are kind of, like, specialized in certain areas, I wasn't really fantastic at anything, but I could do several different things all right. And so the coaches trusted me. Yeah. So what was yeah. your best asset, you think? Like, what? What what did coaches compliment you? What did you what 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 was your like the feedback that you always got that 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 stuck out? I think one for sure, like I'm, I'm super coachable, um, and so whatever the game plan was, they knew that I would do that. Right, I wouldn't veer from that. And then like when you get to that level, everyone could play. It's just a matter of who you can trust and who you can't. So yeah. um, that was a big thing for me. I want to I want to say that if anybody as a parent is listening to this show right now, take that thing that Eddie just said. There's so few coachable people I find now in the world that just it, it, it kills me. So that that's amazing. That that could be the thing that separates two talented players or even maybe one less talented that's coachable will be the one that's taken. You know, that's brilliant. I love that you said that. Well, let's look at it. Let's be honest, Eddie, uh, on the Steve's amazing Fury team that you're on. If we're being brutally honest, like you were obviously like a top player and you, you came into your own. I remember like, you know, I see, saw your progress, but there were some guys that were deadly on that team. But your work rate, your attitude, your support from your dad, and I know he's he's passed, and, um, but like the support from your dad and he's always there and it's like, you had the pieces of the puzzle. Those guys, looking back, even though they might have had a little bit on you in some areas, you had the is – that, is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. And I – like when I do different, you know, community engagements and I speak, that's one of my main points, right, is just like you can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't have that work ethic, it's going to take you nowhere, Right. Um, or I should say only so far. And so because like I always had my dad push me because I was just like, I'm so competitive. I'm so hungry. Like that's what like drove me and like still drives me to this day. Like I can't even play a game of Monopoly with my wife for fun. Like I just, I always have to win. Right. Yeah. Can't um, play Monopoly for fun. That's not, that's not. Even <laughs> yeah. but, so who is the best? Who is the best on the team? Say it. Have, have cojones now. Show us. The man you are, who is the best on your team when Steve is coaching you? When Steve is coaching? Yeah, who's the best? Pick one. First name on the team sheet. And don't Before. pick a keeper or I'll kick you in the nuts. Don't <laughs> what? Don't say who? Don't pick a keeper, please, God. Come on, really? You think I'm going to yeah, pick a keeper? Thank you. No, no offense, Sean. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a keeper anymore. Sean's a baller now, man. He's not a keeper anymore. I know. Oh, gosh. On that team, probably, like, we're talking about, like, when Kenny was still on the team? Yeah. Kenny, all those guys. Martin John. Uh, <laughs> See? Martin, I, Martin John, that guy, like. Yeah. Martin John. It was, like, effortless for him, right? Like, yeah. It, it was yeah. so natural. It was so smooth. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But, like, between him and, and Kenny, like, Kenny was not as good. He was just, like, super consistent. Um, yeah. But Martin was just unbelievable. It drove me crazy how good he was. Kenny was yeah. consistently good in any. He went far. He did a, He has a great career, and it shows in his professional life now. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. just a boss, man. That guy just works, yeah. right? But yeah. Martin John, and Steve says it perfectly, like, he gave the exact amount of energy he needed, and that's it, no more. Yeah. And I remember one time I we were about to start training and he his shoes weren't tied. So I came up to him, I'm like, MJ, tie your shoes. And he's like, No, Eddie. And I'm like, MJ, tie your shoes. <laughs> he rolled his eyes and he said, Eddie, don't worry, the session's gonna start. I'm probably gonna get the ball, I'm gonna put it through your legs, and everything's gonna be okay. And he probably did it too. Oh, that guy, man. That guy. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to circle back here to uh, your Graceland days. And each summer in Graceland, you went and you played with uh, – you, you played with the U19 uh, KC team, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you played you played for the Brass as well in Des Moines for a little bit. Um, so – when you got drafted, did you get drafted by Dallas or did you go to uh, just their camp and get signed out of their camp? So I got drafted, but by then, or back then, I should say, it was called like the supplementary draft. Yeah. So that's when I got drafted. Okay. So here's a question. I think you made your debut for Dallas against KC, right? But why, what happened with KC? I mean, you took the U19s to the final, right? Like national final or something? Yeah, yeah. So why didn't that work out? Good question. It was really- it was really interesting. So I was actually with Kansas City getting ready to possibly go to preseason. Um, and my coach called me and said, Dallas just drafted you. And I, I never expected to be drafted, right? So mm-hmm. it kind of came out of left field. And I was just like, wait, what are you talking about? They're like, yep, you have to go to Dallas. If you don't want to, you can let them know. But if I were you, I wouldn't stay in Kansas City. I said, okay, like, why? He said, because if they really cared about you that much, they would have used up one of their draft selections for you. So Dallas drafting you, they're showing their intent, and it's probably a better opportunity for you. That's a good line, man. I'm going to play for Dallas tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so I I called the Kansas City coach, uh, Peter Bernice. He was my coach with – the youth team and i said this is a situation and he absolutely just like yelled at me wow so ungrateful we were going to bring you to preseason with us like we saw you being a possible signing all of this stuff like then you should have done it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he's like even if you told me you wanted to come back i wouldn't take you and it was like this big ordeal wow yeah that's crazy never knew that man Wow. Yeah, yeah, well, you handled it well, I think. Sorry? You handled it well. Like, that's that takes guts to do what you did. 
Yeah, I, I didn't really know any better, right? I'm just like, sure. this makes sense. I'm going to go to Dallas. They drafted me. That's pretty cool. Let's see what happens. Did you have an agent? Did I have an agent at that time? Who do you think my agent was? Either Julian Edwards or Ivan Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope it's not the first man. <laughs> Come on. It's my dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So you made your debut for Dallas against Casey. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Was Bernice the coach? Yeah, he was. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you shake his hand after the game? No. 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 Wow. <laughs> I am wow. having the best time right now. <laughs> I can't explain this. I'm Googling for footage of this right now. While you <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I only came on at the end of the game. It wasn't like a... It was just like a little uh, a cameo. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And they actually put me in at uh, D mid to lock out the game. So see, wow. see, I called it. Wow, Steve. That's yeah, why you're here. So, so I got a quick question. Then, like, maybe it's maybe it's a dumb one, but just answer it respectfully, anyways. Um, obviously, you go up the levels. You go U19 brass, PDL, uh, NAIA at a disgusting level. Then you go MLS, top of the North American chain. I guess there's a lot of talk about when you go up levels and what you said and Mark emphasized about being coachable and all that gets you so far. What, like, can you describe the difference in level? Is it just speed of play? Is it, is it just like so many good players with so much good technique that mistakes get punished quickly? Like I would imagine going MLS then to like a premier league would be like another light year. Uh, you know, I've, I've only gone up one level when I was younger. I played U16 Sheffield United and all I remember was, my head was like on a swivel. I didn't know what was happening. You know, like, can you describe that a bit, how you've gone up those different levels? Yeah, I would say as you go up, it's like you you said it a little bit, uh, definitely speed of play and consistency. Like, yeah. at, w once you get to the top, it's like those guys don't make, of course they make some mistakes, but like they're so far and few in between. And like, yeah. it's just, the way that they play, it's just like automatic, right? Yeah. Um, and you can tell when someone isn't at the level because like it breaks everything down. Yeah. Um, so Great. it's interesting because like I, like when I was, you know, when I moved on from Dallas and, yeah. you know, I was with, you know, Puerto Rico or Edmonton or Ottawa and I saw like the young ones coming up and they're so consumed with like the skill moves and all that kind of stuff, right? I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Like, you definitely need skill and ability to get you out of tricky situations. Yeah. Um, but they don't focus enough on, like, the basics, the fundamentals, um, and just seeing the game, right? And that's why, like, you see, like, flashes of these young players. They kind of creep on the scene, and then they just can't hang, right? And then they just, like, you don't hear about them. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, the guys that, like, make it and have, like, those, like, those long careers, they're just, like, solid, consistent players that just, like, think way quicker than everyone else that was actually a great question by me because that sparked such a good answer like I, I i'm like mark that was an enjoyable answer it really was because i'm picturing like you, you did it so well like i'm i'm picturing it as you say like even yeah. just watching you know european soccer and seeing some of those guys flash on the scene and I, and i think you're bang on like then they they have a trick or two that catches a team by surprise and those teams adapt so quick they don't make mistakes you got to be able to think like that's fantastic that's a fantastic answer yeah. 
This is great. I'm scared now. I don't know what to ask anyone. <laughs> so you went from uh, from Dallas to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, first of all, how sick was it to play there? Like, that must have been amazing. Man, Puerto Rico was – it was just like uh, – it was really cool to be, like, on permanent vacation. But, like, it was just – and nothing against the club because they, they tried their best. Um, and I enjoyed, you know, my year there. But the club wasn't ran as good as it should have been, right? Like, there'd be times that you get paid late, right? Or, like, times that – like, there's times that – they would give us physical checks and say, hey, go to the bank and, like, cash it, right? Yeah. And sometimes the money would just run out. And so, like, guys would, guys would rush after practice. Like, I want to be the first to, to go to the bank, you know? I want to make sure I get my money. And then, like, some, some of the, like higher, like, higher earners on the team, we'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, you have to wait. Like, let us get our money first. That's it amazing. Was crazy. That is cool. amazing. Yeah. Nice. What an experience, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, life experience for you, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, that's the thing. Like, if anything, just planning these places, it taught me so much about life. And, you know, like, it just forced me to grow up, right? Like, living in Puerto Rico, didn't have my parents around, having to save, learning how to, like, create a budget for myself, like, just cook. Like, it was just, it was <laughs> madness, you know? Like, yeah. I'm in this foreign place, and I don't know anything, and don't speak the language but i was across the street from the beach so it was good yeah <laughs> mark i don't know if i'm jumping on your toes but it just came to me i'm like eddie i want to put you on the spot like again your best coach and i, I know steve's here we all know he's a top coach like be honest don't yeah, don't be yeah. us like be honest you can do a top three but like you've had a bunch of coaches which coaches deliver a good session uh do a good team talk like the, you know, have those pieces in there. So, honestly, like... Be honest. Don't be honest. Honestly. So, for me, Ivan is mm -hmm. the best coach that I've had. But if you ask Ivan, he will tell you he's not like a soccer coach, right? He's like, he's like a, he's a mentor. He's a... He's a leader. He's a teacher, right? He's a leader. He's a teacher. Like, and that's mm -hmm. where he gets the most out of his players like he enjoys seeing players develop as men right off the field and so he is he not running a session is he not running the sessions he runs the sessions and like there's nothing wrong with them but what makes him great isn't his sessions it's how he manages yeah these, his right. players right like, yeah like and everyone is different and when i was at graceland like he used to call me a mental midget and I, I don't mean that in any sort of offensive way to anyone. But yeah. what it meant was that, like, before I couldn't handle making mistakes on the pitch. Like, I would just crumble, right? Like, one mistake into the game, and then, like, that's it. Eddie's done. Um, so he personally worked with me on, like, different strategies to, like, get over that, right? Um, and so, like, he, he recognizes the flaws in all of his different players, um, and he makes them better. And then when we come together, we're just better as a group, right? So... For like a teacher, I mm. for a coach, like a just through and through coach, I see his head like growing right now, but it's like honestly Steve. Yeah. Like and like for me, I loved every session that I went to. 
um, obviously it was a different time in my life, right? Like, sure. That's when I just like enjoyed playing soccer and it changed when I became professional, right? It's just like a different atmosphere or environment. Um, and I had nothing against any of my coaches when I played professionally. Um, I just like, I really, really, really enjoyed um, both like when I came for Steve and even Jay, give you a special shout out, man. You guys together are just Batman and Robin. It's unreal. We do. And then, having Mark there, I don't know, like, we just laugh together, but, like, yeah, see, that's why I say, like, Steve is a gaffer, man. He's a, he can give you a speech, he can deliver a session, he can organize, he can pick players, and it's, like, and we had a good synergy, you know what I mean? Like, we, that team, man, like, it was so fun to coach, and I just love telling you, grow up. I remember telling you the first time, grow up, and you're, like, Whoa, yo, guys, you just died laughing. I love your laugh. I would have done anything to make you laugh. And I even remember the time when I was going on my first day with my now wife. And you're like, yo, you're going on a date? And you died. You were crying on the ground laughing. And like, I wanted to kill you. But like, everyone laughed at your laugh. And I was like, I'm done. I can't even say anything. This guy just killed me just by laughing. Sorry. I gotta go serious. Sorry, I gotta go serious, Jay, because I, I I've gotten that thing. You came. So I, speaking of coach Ivan Joseph, really good guy. I've learned a lot from him through you, and obviously I've, I've I spoke with him when you were down there and stuff. But you came out to one of my sessions. I asked you to come out and work with my U nines last year and just be there and talk to the parents after. Like first of all, unbelievable, incredible. Players are still talk about it. The parents loved it. Like they sat there, they were hanging on your word, but. Um, I remember a real particular question that you were asked. You answered with something that Coach Joseph told you to do, and that player still does it. So it's like that's how powerful a good coach can be, like the reciprocal or the butterfly effect or whatever the heck you want to call it. Like uh, the mom asked you about a player getting nervous and and making mistakes, and I guess it's something you, you'd mentioned, the mental midget, and you said you wore an elastic, and he made you snap the elastic, and just that action and that feeling of, of sort of I don't know what the right word is to just snap you out of that situation. It pivots, pivots you to, to pivots. change your mind. Yeah. Such a small thing. And I mean, you're talking about at the levels you got to those, those are things that change you. And, and like, that's changed a, a 10 year old kid on my team. Like this guy's a beast. You can ask Jay, like this guy's just scoring, man. Like, and that's a big part of it. I mean, you came to one of my sessions and you know, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of respect to him and a lot of respect to you for giving back. So yeah, I, I want to give him that plug as well because uh, I, I totally know what you're saying, and that's a massive piece of coaching that uh, that we like to, to try and bring up on the show. So, yeah, yeah, good. Now, Puerto Rico, you go to Edmonton for I think you what was it four, three seasons or four seasons there? I think it was three seasons. Three seasons, and you were still there even when the Fury came around. Did the Fury come in for you the first year from Edmonton? Did they try and bring you here? So there was like ongoing discussions with myself and Mark and obviously like my agent at the time. Um, it just never was able to like materialize for different reasons. Um, and so like, obviously I had a contract and um, I respected that, but I think everyone knew where my heart was and um, someday wanted to make sure that I got home. And in the end it happened for reasons that I wish it didn't obviously, for those that know. Um, but I was happy, nonetheless, to come home and uh, play in front of, you know, my family for a bit. Yeah, speaking of coaches, um, you played under Dalgleish, right? Yes. 
was was that uh, i see a somewhat i see a couple smiles ripping on there like was he like how what was what, he like was he all right let me be <laughs> so Paul, like, no i'm gonna be completely honest and i mean like i have a lot of respect for paul and um i thought like people don't you what were his strengths? What were his strengths? And what were his so, needs? I will say Paul is extremely knowledgeable about the game. I think the downfall, at least when I was there, was that he was almost too knowledgeable. Like, we didn't have... Sometimes almost like the more simple you are, the better it is for the group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I think with that team, we had a lot of talent and we almost got in our own way. Like, there were times that, like, in one game, we would switch to, like, three different formations and, like, different tactics. And there was one time I remember that, like, one half of the team was playing one style and the other half was playing the other. Oh, and, wow. like, I was right back. And I remember Carl was playing right wing. And I, like, I yelled at him because um, he didn't press when we were supposed to. Like, we had triggers, right? And yep. he didn't press. And then he yelled back at me because he's like, no, we're not playing that. We're playing the other one. Like, we're playing this other style. Yeah. And, like, we had no idea. Yeah. And everyone was just yelling at each other. And then we just, like, broke down, right? Um, yeah. So. <clears throat> You're not the first person I heard that from. You're not the first person I heard that. Since. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's that's why it's difficult. Because I hear a lot of people say, like, negative things about Paul. And I don't think yeah. that's necessarily fair. Because sure. He is very, very knowledgeable, and, and I'm, I don't know, like, I know that he's coaching now in Miami, and I've seen yeah. since he stepped in, they've been doing all right, um, yeah. but I think it's just a matter of, we just probably needed, uh, yeah, like a maybe learning job. experience, learning experience for him, like, maybe, yeah. I think, first pro job, like, I know he was at a, at the PDL levels and stuff, like, That's maybe nice. just wanted to prove himself big time, like, I don't know, but, you know, coaches learn too, so, but it's a great point, because, you mentioned fundamentals earlier and like having strong, simple fundamentals obviously are so, so key and just the whole keep it simple, stupid thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you came back home, you were there a couple of years, you retired early and here, this kind of leads to a next question. Post soccer, you could have easily kept playing, but you had a nice degree to fall on, you know, all this kind of thing. Now, is it a grind to play in North America? And follow up to that, you know, is like, is the new age of this CPL thing, are they not doing it right? Are they jumping into pro too soon without the degree to fall back on? Because, I mean, grinding out a North American soccer career is tough, I'm sure, as you know, right? And you had the, the degree to fall back on, or a lot of people do. But now I feel like they're starting earlier and they don't have that to fall back on, like, it, how much of a grind is it with no union with all, well, there is now maybe, but you know what I mean? So I'll let you hit that. Yeah. Um, it definitely isn't easy. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a grind. Um, and I noticed it obviously, like, as I started to get a little bit older and <clears throat> my priorities shifted. Right. And like when, when you're a little bit younger and you're playing away from home and you don't have other responsibilities to think about, like, sure you could experience that if you have that like <clears throat> that uh education as a background you know uh, or as a as a as a backup plan um 
But I do think that like it's doing a little like the kids a bit of a disservice. Like if you look at the MLS um, for like Generation Adidas players, and I obviously understand this takes like sponsorship and a lot of money, but those kids, you know, they commit to the league at an earlier age. But even when they're done, whenever they're done, they have school that is paid for, right? Mm-hmm. Like these kids, and I've I've played with some of them. They they get wide eyed and they think, okay, I'm in a uh, professional environment, like. I'm going to make it big time. And like some of them do, right? Like, well, not some of them, but like Jonathan David, right? Like that's, yeah. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a small sample size. Um, so a larger amount are yeah. not making it where they thought. And then now they don't have that, you know, education to fall back on. And now they are getting, you know, later on or they're getting older and they don't know what they want to do and they don't have that guidance. Right. And that's another thing, right? Like, the MLS has, um, it's like a like player um, player group that like it looks after players yeah. after they retire, right? So, yeah. like they bring you into the office, they they make connections for you, they do all these things to to help you post career, right? They Great give you true. training, right? Like they help yeah. build your resume, and like yeah. that assists you in life. But these kids here in the CPL, and I hope that it gets to that one point. But right now, it's scary. Because a lot of these kids just—it just looks like they're kind of throwing away their futures. Yeah, yeah. I know one, my a guy I know, young kid for through. Uh, I'm not going to say any names, but I know he turned down Princeton full scholarship to go grind it out in Winnipeg, and uh, I thought, wow, he's such a good player. And I mean, why not do you know? But again, this is just my personal opinion. But to turn down a, a thing like that. You know, that's tough. You go to Winnipeg, the murder capital of Canada, too. <laughs> See, that just, like, that kills me. Yeah, it, yeah. it does. Eh? It's brutal. And yeah. it's tough because people will always tell you, like, school will always be there. Um, but, you know, especially when you can, you know, get your education and play, like, it's not. Yeah. Like, right? And it's still, like, a decent level as well. So it's that kills me. Yeah. And so I'm going to circle back quick to your playing career. How close did you to get into called into a Canadian camp or a Canadian anything because you don't have any caps, right? Good question. Which is insane because there's so many players that have that, no, like that you're way better than it. I don't know if there's some sort of breakdown in this stuff, but anyway, how close did you get? Honestly, I don't even know. I don't think I'm the right person to ask that. I mean, there were times (laughs) that like I would hear my name like floated around like by my coaches, but nothing concrete or i was on like uh like the first list that they put out um but i never got called into a camp or anything like that and and like for me that was like uh i won't swear on the show but like that sucked right yeah Yeah. that was a experience but yeah everything happens for a reason and like i still enjoyed my career but like that would have obviously been uh, a nice addition to it yeah, it'd be like an icing on the cake because you had a great, definitely a great career. And to come back to your hometown like that, like however it may have happened, it's kind of like fate. Like, yeah, icing on the cake if that would have happened. Absolutely. Yeah, big time. So I'm going to turn uh, Mark serious here for a second. And the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't want to get into it too big because, you know, it's way bigger than this show and it would take 10 shows to talk about anything to do with that. But given that Steve J and I are all youth soccer coaches, can we do anything in youth soccer right now to help the movement? Should clubs 
be doing things like we see in the CPL? Like, what can I do for my U10 to help out? Like, I, I, you know, I just think it needs to start at the U6, U7, right? That's the only way it's going to really change and affect that change. So what can we do in youth soccer to help that movement? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I don't have all the answers, but I will say that, like, in my position now with OSEG, I am working to build a program to facilitate um, resources for youth coaches, right? Because I think it's really important, like you said, at the youth level that coaches are um, aware of their language, right? Like there's so many things that coaches can say to their players that they don't even realize might be offensive or might be creating a negative culture around those on the team that might be a little bit different, right? Um, And like, so to promote that inclusivity, um, and the proper language you use, the way to, you know, create that proper culture amongst the entire team. And I think it's important not only for the coaches, but for the parents as well, right? Yeah. Because, like, these kids, <clears throat> sorry, these kids that don't know any better um, have these adults all around them, and they're just, like, listening and absorbing everything that's going on. Yeah, I, I just think that it's it's important, one, to, to check the language, um, make sure that, you know, like, certain microaggressions and how you may come off to different players, um, from the beginning, setting that culture um, to make sure that it's inclusive and you are celebrating everyone on the team. Um, so that means, you know, even when you're younger and, you know, maybe the team goes out to eat somewhere, right? Is it always like somewhere that, you know, white people would feel comfortable or are we mixing it up? So now we're going somewhere where, you know, maybe if we have black people on the team that it's like more in line with, you know, what they eat on a daily basis, yeah. right? Or yeah. like for team parties or right like these simple little things that we take for granted and it's just like it's almost turnkey right we do it the same all the time but it's the same for a certain group of people on the team so that's like i have a quick story that um when i coached the the deaf canadian team the reason why i got hooked into it was the the deaf guy was 45 years old and he was telling me he was like trying to convince me to coach the team and uh and he's like, uh, he was the best player on his U13 team, but he was deaf and everyone was hearing. They won the, he, he won the winning goal to win the, the league at that time. The league's done, they had their little party, whatever, fine, go home. A month later, he goes to um, uh, a Leafs game in, in the old Maple Leafs, uh, whatever, gardens. And he's, at, he's sitting there and deaf people are very attuned with their eyes more because obviously they're deaf. He looks across in the stadium and he sees one of his buddies from a soccer, a soccer team. And then he looks and he sees the entire team but him. Tears streaming from his eyes. He's 45 telling me the story. So that, I was like, I'm taking the job. Where do I sign? Because that that is something so little. They just said, oh, we couldn't communicate with them. So little. They didn't yell at him saying he's a deaf, any deaf, like, disrespectful yeah. things to say. But I could see that happening with all different types of minorities, black, brown, Asian, all sorts of just not connecting with the parent because they can't communicate with the parent. They don't understand maybe the language. They're not sure. They won't. They don't want to impose or anything. But that, to me, is where the systemic stuff is. So that 45-year-old, it stuck with them for his whole life. So is that something like things like that? Is that what you're, you're mentioning? Absolutely. Like that's. It's, it's a terrible example, but it's a, at the same time, it's a great yeah. example. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I, I, I can feel for that guy. Um, did you ever yeah. feel that yourself? Did I personally ever feel that? Uh, probably not. Like, I, I can't remember. Just because it was, 
And I think that's probably the problem, right? It was so normal to me to, to do yeah. the same routine that had been done prior to me and that is still probably happening yeah. now. Um, there was no time that I felt like, oh, this is like similar to my life at home, right? Yeah. Or it was like two separate uh, experiences, right? And I think that is part of the problem that, you know, it wasn't that inclusive. Um, so, yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'm going to switch the gears here from serious real to back to us three dummies making the stupid jokes. Hold on. Hold on. We're not dummies. It's your stupid idiot dummy questions <laughs> that, that, that we have to answer. Like, I want that clear out there. I don't know how you think of these questions. I have nothing to do with these questions. I just answer them. You know what? New segment. Uh -oh. Made for Eddie. Eddie, the new segment is called Steve or Jay. <laughs> oh, now, oh my gosh, killing me, Mark. Why? I already got the artificial hip thing. I'm gutted. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's laughing in the other room. It's killing me. Oh my. All right, God. Eddie, if yeah. both were dropped in a pit and the only way out was to learn how to knit a scarf, who's coming out first? <laughs> God, I wish I could talk the about The only this. way out is to knit a scarf? Yeah. I have to say, Jay. Thank you. <laughs> sure. I know how to knit and I know how to sew, for sure. Thank you. My mom taught yeah. me early. Yeah, I, don't you know know I don't know how to knit. Steve or Jay, who is the most likely to get sent off as a coach, Eddie? Oh, my gosh. Jay. <laughs> out of control, Jay. Like when Jay loses it, it's the best. <laughs> I do it for Steve. I'm Steve's voice. I'm like, I'll do it to jump on a sword. So see, we can't. Steve's the gaffer. I can't let him get sent off. Yeah, I've seen you play yeah. old timers. You lose it there too. You just yeah. no control. Yeah, I had I had that question right here. Who's most likely to get sent off as a player? I had to switch it because there was like only one on. answer. Easy. I got sent off last year and I didn't. Just uh, an FYI. Wow. All oh. right, Eddie. Of the two, who would watch? Who's more likely to watch The Bachelor? I think Steve. You're killing me. Jay watches it weekly, I'm man. All, I used to. I stopped watching, but I watched that show. Yeah, Make fun I, of him for it. Come yeah. on. So happy right now. It's the worst yeah, show we've go. done. Of the two, who would win in a swimming race? Wow. I don't even know. Uh, I'm going to go Steve. Yes, easy. All right. Easy I think that was a mercy. That was a mercy, Steve. No, you know what? It might have been, but it's true. Hey, Jay, you can back me up. It's true. Steve's family is so good at swimming that it's rock my world. So, yeah. I'm I, so I, glad. I'll take okay. the pity because I loved it. It's not. <laughs> All right. Of the two. What a stupid bastard. Who does John Pugh hate most? <laughs> That's easy. That's an easy one. Is it, like, is it going to be Steve? No, it's me for sure. Why? I don't I know. Don't, like, I, I don't just, think he hates either of us. It's, it's Mark. It's Mark pushing buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Who could change a tire on a busy highway the fastest? <laughs> I love the busy highway. As <laughs> a child, oh god! I got worried. Think of these questions. Like, yeah. uh, I'm going to go Jay. I got scared when he said busy highway. I got nervous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> my car. I'm not getting out of my car. 
Okay, here's a, I'm going to switch it up just a bit. Eddie, could the two of them together, each armed with an axe, kill a black bear? No chance. Oh. Absolutely no chance. They would run the other direction. A hundred percent. There's no way I'd get involved. But you wouldn't no. be able to outrun. They wouldn't kill a bear. I wouldn't want to kill a bear. First of all, it's all big and scary. dangerous. What'd you okay. Say? You make yourself big and scary. I use the axe as a prop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> two, two on two soccer game for a million dollars. Jay and Steve versus Mark and Phil Dos Santos. Who wins? Oh. Oh. Wow. I've never seen, I'm sure they're good, but I don't know. I got to stick with my boys. Yeah. Phil is a keeper. Phil's a keeper, man. There you go. Not said. We destroy them. Not said keeper. He's like five foot eight. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last Steve or Jay question. Who would make a better prime minister? Oh, that's easy. Gotta be Steve. Yeah, Steve, for sure. Oh, I would even say that 100%. I would. I've got a campaign <laughs> ready now and everything. I'm motivated. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so glad I won the knitting award, too. <laughs> All right, guys, so okay. now All we're right. gonna switch. We're gonna switch gears now to a few would you rather's, and then we'll wrap it up with Eddie. So I'm gonna start with Eddie. So we'll go Eddie, Steve, J. Okay. 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 Would you rather get a Pele tattoo on your tongue, or <laughs> why? <laughs> why no? Why? <laughs> when you get or, a or get a Beckham tattoo on both your palms? Oh my gosh. I'm going with the tongue tattoo. Wow. Wow. You can at least hide that. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a ooh, good point. Not change my answer. Beckham on the hands. And I'm not, I don't even like United. Beckham on the hands and I wear gloves a lot. <laughs> I can't get a tattoo on my tongue. Come on. I know. Yeah. Like on your on both your hands? Like Yeah. I know. It's a good point because then you always have to talk about it. Yeah. Like, why do you have two Beckham tattoos and you get angry? I get it. Because I didn't want it on my tongue. Oh, fair enough. Okay, see you, see you tomorrow. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Who would you rather live in your house? Diego Maradona or Mick Jagger? Oh. Is it to oh. me again? Yeah, we yeah. start. I mean, we wouldn't be able to talk, but definitely Maradona. <laughs> I, uh, he scares me. Mick Jagger. Like I just, I, I could, cause I, I, I'm an old guy now, but like he come in at like six in the morning when I'm going to work, we talk about what he did, you know, like his crazy stories, Maradona, like passed out on the floor and I can't even understand him. <laughs> I, I'd have to go Maradona. Jagger scares me. Yeah. Same reason he scares you. All right. Last, would you rather, <clears throat> would you never, would you rather never ever be able to shave your mustache again? <laughs> or only cut your fingernails once a year. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh god. This is easy. This is easy. I'm going fingernails. Yes. What? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's disgusting, man. Ask your wife. Ask your wife the same question. That's disgusting, man. We're not asking my wife. We're asking me. I know. Yeah. Your fingernails is disgusting. Like you're gonna have like hair down to like covering your lips. It's gonna be just yeah. Come on. Yeah, go fingernails. No nah, mustache for me. Oh yeah, but it's not a mustache anymore, man. I don't care. 
mustache. I don't want long fingernails to me are unforgivable. It's disgusting. <laughs> unforgivable. All right. Well, that's that. So I'm going to do the quiz. Steve is up 5-2. Okay. Oh, he's so good at quizzes. It's not even fair. Yeah, I don't but like I'm going to let – this is an Eddie question, and I'm going to even let Eddie try. If Eddie doesn't win his own question, this will be tough. Okay. okay. Gosh. I'm going to start with Steve, Jay, then Eddie. Okay. How many appearances did Eddie make for the Fury in total? Oh, oh my God! Wow, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to do good at this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull something out. It's better than Jay's uh, Yugoslavia breakup question. <laughs> that was 1863. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Thank God you don't teach geography. Um, okay, let's go. Uh, history, by the way. Let's go. Eighty-four. Jay, I'm so bad at this. I don't know. Can I ask him how many years he played? Is that fair? No, no. Did... Straight up question. Answer it. Okay, I'll say eighty-five. Eddie, how many? Um, I would say like seventy-eight or something like that. All right, Eddie comes in with the win. It was seventy-one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bonus so question. Him. Bonus question. Hold how on, Mark. Hold on. Hold on. Jay's guess was like on Price Is Right bidding a dollar. <laughs> no, I'm mad. How? I was so mad. I know. I should have went under. I was getting my gut was going to go under. <laughs> Okay, Carry bonus on. question. How many goals did Eddie score for the Fury? Who's answering for Steve, right? Oh, my God. I thought my phone cut out. You guys, nobody said anything. I was terrified. That air is not good for a podcast. Uh, yeah. Two. A Jay? nice three. And I'm not doing that price right. I actually think it's three. Eddie? I was there, and I was there for one of the goals, and I think you're – your dad. I, I don't know if your dad was there at that one, but I was like, I was so happy for you. Yeah, I almost cried then. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think it was two, right? Two, two. Oh. Boom. Me though. Want you to? I'm trying to raise you up. Three. I'm trying to make it bigger. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that with Eddie. I don't know if Jay or Steve had any more questions, but. Thanks for making the time for us on our uh, ridiculous show here. Um, yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, I want to just give him a shout out, and and, and I'm going to pump him a little, like Jay said, build him up. Uh, I, re I really respect what you've been doing since your career ended. Like, you're giving back a lot. There was no questions when I asked you to come out. You just said, yeah, and you just came, and you just gave kids some stuff and parents, and I saw some stuff today you're doing with Big Brothers, and, like, it's just all over. A, a lot of respect for someone who gives back like that, and – and uh, just proud of you for what you're doing and where you're going. I, I'm going to destroy. I don't care about the soccer stuff anymore. I think the smartest thing you've done, the smartest moves in your life was marry your wife. You agreed? And she's going to listen to this. Totally I met, the first time I met her, I'm like, she's, yeah, true. she's true. out of Eddie's league, man. You did the right thing. She is. You did the right thing. You're, you're set for life, man. Absolutely. She's a game changer. And like. Yeah, big time. You see the things that I do, but a lot of the ideas come from her, right? I, I'm just the face that gets the smile. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but no, thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. It was uh, it's nice to reconnect with you guys and have a good laugh.
Nice. All right. Cheers. All right. Later. Thanks very much for listening today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and of course, leave us a five-star review. If you want to get in touch, you'll find us on Instagram at SoccerSnob1, on Twitter at SoccerSnobs1, by searching for us on Facebook, and of course on the web at www.soccersnobs.ca backslash listen. You can leave us your opinion, give us any comments, and if that's where you want to get nasty, feel free to do so.